Hello, everybody, and welcome to North 100, a Canadian Highlander podcast. I'm Serge. Joining me, I have a Jer. Hello. An Alex. I'm Moist. And a Ben. Technically, I don't exist. Reminder, the North 100 is brought to you by you with your support over at the Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. Let's start off with our opening segment, the best card that you're not playing up today. Wheeler, tell me a little bit about a secret spice we might not have heard of. So this is a card that I have been ranched with. I have ranched people with, and I have witnessed additional ranching. Uh, the card is called Sun Scourge Champion. So it's two and a white for a two, three human wizard. Uh, when the champion ETB, so enters the battlefield, you gain life equal to its power. And then it also has Eternalize. So Eternalize is an activated ability where you pay uh, for this card, two white, white, and you discard a card from your hand. Um, you exile Sunscourge Champion from your graveyard. You then create a token that's a copy of it, except this time it's a 4-4 black zombie human wizard without a mana cost. And you can only eternalize as a sorcery. So it comes down as a 3-mana 2-3 that gains 2 life, or additional life if you have any anthems, but usually just 2 life. Uh, and then they kill it. And you're like, okay, that's fine. A red deck killed my creature that gained me some life. And then, without having to worry about this card getting countered, you can pay four and bring it back from the graveyard and gain four life. So this is a beating against aggressive decks. It's also a surprisingly relevant nuisance against blue decks. Eternalize is an ability that pops up more in this format than you'd expect. Really? Just because there's, I mean, when you think of a bunch of keywords that have popped up for just single sets, so they've, they're they in a set, we never see them again. Yeah, energy. You're just like, mm. Well. <laughs> sorry, sorry. A little yeah, parasitic. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, like, I can't even think of uh, Awaken. Like, the, the battle for Zendikar turned lands into creatures, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. The, like, the amount of cards that see play for any given keyword, it's like one, maybe two. Hmm. And then for this, there's like five. There's like a cycle of them. There's a green two drop, a red two drop that is like one of the best. Okay, the aggressive. red two drop's amazing. Yeah, um, you got Champion of Wits. Uh, you get this card, and all of them are quite powerful. Again, not being able to counter a large creature a four, that you four. have already gotten value from, even if like the two three isn't something to phone home about, um, it still provides a body against blue decks. And it still provides a road bump against the red decks, huh. the green decks. The third toughness is pretty big I against the red decks I was going to say, like, well. mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever, like, noticed this card before. No, definitely, definitely. This really is a best card yeah. for playing. I, yeah. This welcome, <laughs> welcome to vintage legal format where we're advertising three mana two threes. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned vintage. One of the formats where this card has seen very minimal no. play. Not, not as much anymore, but it's quite good with standstill. Again, really cementing how powerful Eternalize is. You can get away with playing something that isn't the best up front, but still a role player as long as the Eternalize is going to be relevant. Also reasonable value with Survival of the Fittest. Mm -hmm. What, you, what or, deck are you putting this in? Um, I have seen it have success in Mono White, hmm. uh, Black White, and Esper. Um, especially when it's paired with cards like... Well, for black, white, Liliana the Veil. Or let's say you accidentally, or you, you dredge it over with Liliana the Last Hope. 
or you cast a charter course and you discard it whatever it may be right if you get it's obviously that extra juice goose if it gets discarded and then you bring it back without ever having to play it but if you have to play it it's not the end of the world can how? i talk about the elephant in the room which is the additional pitch of cards yeah like how big is how big is having to lose an extra card to this so like that's not a small investment um, but it's still just a one for one yes like, against and, against a blue deck you're discarding a card that can potentially get countered and is likely worse than a 4-4 that gains you four. It also can play into certain play patterns that white creature-based decks will have where it comes with uh, Armageddon's, where decks will, once they hit a certain amount of mana, they will start holding yeah. lands because if they Armageddon, they'll be able to rebuild yep, quicker. Yep, yep, yep. And then you'll get to a point where you're like, well, do I really need this third land or this second utility land in my hand? Or it's just like, no. look down, look up. Now your piker has become a obstinate Bailoff. Exactly. Or like decks that have removal that's not relevant in every matchup. Hmm. You get rid of it. Yeah. That's great. That's very interesting. Well, thank you for sharing that. i get one now. Cheers to that, Ben. Like... <sighs> oh. It's hot out there in the Amonkhet Desert. <laughs> me i didn't know anything <laughs> about this bit all right friends well let's move on to the main part of today's episode welcome to the uh magic core set 2020 set review they keep printing S cards smooth as butter yeah <laughs> i don't know if i should call this m20 or core 2020 or whatever so welcome to whatever that was so a reminder about our set reviews these are highlander focused this is not exhaustive we're only going to talk about the cards uh that we think are relevant or maybe not relevant to the format, uh, and, and we'll hear the rationale behind that. Uh, we had very positive feedback for sort of a longer form one, so hang out with that. And rather than committing to saying that we're gonna make it oh so far in an episode and being wrong, as I always am, we're gonna see how far we get today. Yes, Alex? I got a dumb question. Go on. How come the set number is always a year ahead of the year it is? I think it's because that's when it's legal and standard. Something oh, about cars. What? Yeah, cars. Yeah, cars. Like, like the oh. sports video games are right, the same. You were ahead too. Yeah. Yeah, but why? Cars. Beach. It makes it Hold sound on. newer. Here in my car. <laughs> yeah. All right. Am I having a stroke? Here in my car. Uh, and I don't think we have some life. We don't have a good answer for you. We're all we're all speculating that it's okay. there's a lot of industries that typically start the year before for Be the season. Instead. Because you wouldn't want to have Corset 2020 come out in June of 2020 because there's only six months left to play it is what people would think. I'm gonna go it, ahead and believe. Uh, my headcanon will be that it's a Sibboleth. It's well, okay. it's it's a it's a, a mental thing too, right? Where if you are in 20, like if this came out and this was called 2019. And you're playing from cards in the past. And you're playing with it. You feel, oh, these cards are old. Why would I want to buy these? These are yeah. old cards. Anyways, let's move on. Move on. We're going to talk about the new cards. They're exciting. I They're M20. I kind of want to talk about how funny it would be if they introduced cars to magic. Like, not even vehicles. We already have vehicles. No, no. Oh, j ben, no, just playing cards. Ben, please. Ben, please. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, we're going to start off with the new Ajani. Ajani, Strength of the Pride. Four mana planeswalker. Comes with five loyalty. Two white, white. Plus one ability, you gain life equal to the number of creatures you control, plus the number of planeswalkers you control. Mm. Minus two ability, create a 2-2 two -two white cat soldier token named Ajani's Pride Mate. Whenever you gain life, put a plus one plus one counter on it. And zero ability, if you have at least 15 more life than your starting life total, 
exile a Johnny and each artifact and creature your opponent controls. Alex, let's start with you. What do you think about this new Johnny? What an interesting set of abilities. I always like stuff that combos with itself. Um, I mean, like, I'm obviously thinking about this in um, Soul Sisters uh, or Junk Sisters or whatever, but, like, this is actually just kind of cool. The third ability is really, really strange as Planeswalker abilities go. I just want to get that right out there. Um, it, like, it self-destructs. Yeah. Push the big red button. The big white button. Johnny always has this really weird kit. Like, trying to figure out what the design space for Johnny is as a Planeswalker. You're like, all right, what does it do? Well, sometimes it anthems your creatures. It often, it gains you life and it creates cats. You know, it's like, what, what a weird space to try and design a planeswalker this card in. seems like it will get out of control real fast like you make it 2-2 which is like a pretty decent body as far as like um defending yourself as a planeswalker uh is and then it just starts getting bigger and if you're playing it in a soul sisters deck it often comes in as a 3-3 or yeah, a 4 because it'll enter play and it'll be a triggered ability off of your soul sisters and automatically game life which is kind of cool like I mean, not that it's difficult to do this, but, you know, if I was a red player and I saw this across the table, I would start sweating bullets. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, good. Would we play it in anything outside of Soul Sisters? Might try it in Mardu, Life Gain Midrange. Been meaning to go back to that deck. Word. Soon. All right. Next up, we have Apostle of Purifying Light. <clears throat> Apostle is a 2-1 for one and a white. Human Cleric has protection from black. And for two generic, exile target card from a graveyard. Alex, what do you think about this? They said they weren't going to do protection anymore. It's back. That was a dirty lie, <laughs> and I'm stoked about it. Well, it's, because, well, it's because Hexproof from Color wasn't very well received. Yeah, I mean, it was not super well worded, but uh, this card's sweet. It's a human and a cleric. Little little something, something for the cleric's deck. But, like, a piker with... Protection from black is pretty decent, but and you've got this ability. I compare it like very favorably to um, there's a zombie withered wretch. That's the one withered wretch. Yeah. Oh. It, it's like withered wretch only like better. I think it's interesting because white. <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong here, but does other than rest in peace, does white often have incidental graveyard removal? No, it does. It, like um, Mardu 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 Woe Reaper. Uh, Samurai the Pale Curtain. Uh -oh. Back in apparition. Hat, shout out to 2003. Ben. And wait, am I am I totally off on this? Because I thought black was typically the color that gave you access to graveyard black, hate. Black mostly. and green. Black and green mostly, and then white with a little bit of a white splash is like on that. tertiary. Yeah. So I guess we just named a couple of other cards that already have this effect. Would we be playing this over something like Samurai of the Pale Curtain? You well, you typically you want to play these effects alongside each other. Yeah. You really want to nail it, you know, drive Redund it home. Redundancy. The fact that this uh, ranch is a reanimator style deck or a graveyard deck, uh, usually reanimator like or just even lands. blue black. Yeah. Even lands this hits sure. your if you got crucible online. Black, black based aggressive decks as well. Just yeah. like yeah. accidentally get hosed Pro by this card. Protection attached to a card with relevant abilities is a lot stronger than it looks. Because mm -hmm. one of the things the black aggressive decks look to leverage in the creature matchups is that a lot of their threats are recursive. So not only does this block almost every creature in their deck, it yeah. also eliminates the recursive threats. You, you I should see this being good in um, Death and Taxes, in White Weenie, and like Green White. You stick, you stick this against Reanimator, and they're just staring at their mm -hmm. fatal push. 
and then you don't push, <laughs> you don't put any mana into casting things at sorcery Ooh. speed. You instead just EOT idiot bird and hushwing griff and just eat away the graveyard. All right, let's move on to our next card. Uh, this is this is something that I'm sure Wheeler was very excited about. Let's talk about Brought Back. <laughs> white, white, instant. Choose up to two target permanent cards in your graveyard that were put there from the battlefield this turn and then return them to the battlefield tapped. Um, Wheeler. So this isn't as good as a lot of people have made it. Does that hurt you to, to say? Be. No, it's... <laughs> Because I, look, I know I'm going to kill people with this card. Well, the, will, tap, the tapped is a big deal, right? Tapped is super relevant um, for a lot of the very easy kind of loops that you find with Second Sunrise and Face Reward. But there are ways to get around it. You can, eggs can th kill through a Manglehorn. Lion's Eye Diamond doesn't need to tap to use its ability. Um, and then... There's just a bunch of weird shenanigans that you can do, maybe with Amulet of Vigor, maybe with Scrap Trawler. Um, the strength for the Sunrise and Face Reward, um, it comes from, again, the cards coming into play untapped, and being able to um, then loop it with Codex Shredder, or whatever it may be that you're doing. Um, the, <laughs> there's a couple of neat things that you... I've, I don't want to show my hand just Ooh. yet, but you can put this under an Isochron Scepter. That's all I want to mention, is you can put this under an Isochron Scepter. Um, there's something here. Yeah. These things take a little while to figure yeah. out. It's not as obvious like, oh, this loop, this loop, this loop. Yeah. There are loops there, but it's just justify. It's figuring out whether or not it's worth exploring. Well, now, speaking of worth exploring, I've almost been thinking about this in a white-based lands deck. We need to talk after this. You got the same I, idea? I have a list for you. Oh, baby. Ooh. Yeah, because, I, I mean, for the benefit of the viewers at home, I'm just thinking of the value of slow rolling like a wasteland and a fetch land, and then you're like, all right, strip your land, go fetch for something, brought back, do it again next turn or something mm -hmm. like that. And then, I mean, that's the same sort of thing you get off of, what's that old um, three mana, three, two for one, a green and a white that has revolts. Renegade oh. Rally. Like Renegade Rally, or sometimes you could strip mine somebody, play Renegade Rally, or bring back strip mine, strip mine them again. They're down two lands, you have a 3 2. Jeez. And it also negates the downside on things like Knight of the Reliquary and Crop Rotation, and even gives you some advantage from, from, from those. <laughs> do you, ben, do you think you'd ever uh, play this in like a, a more fair deck? You're saying lands isn't fair? <laughs> no, Serge, I'm not. <laughs> it uh, seems like maybe like, 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 like the upside of just like getting so rolling your first fetch land, playing a second fetch land, and ramping to is like insane. But that's like very unlikely to happen. You can do some cool things with this in Pattern Rector and Sandy B. I don't know how on the how fair on the fair scale yeah. it is. Well, if you're playing a, like Death and Taxes, for example, uh, are you playing this as Wrath Protection? I don't. Or or to trade combat. I I after? think your Wrath Protection in D and T is like Thalia. It's just killing it's them. Just it's, like, <laughs> it's either killing them or just keeping them off sure. of mana for Wrath. I, right. And I think there are better cards to play, yeah. like Unbreakable Formation. Sure. This one's interesting, though. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the last card that we were excited about in white. It's interesting. There's some car some colors we didn't want to talk too much about. Uh, I'd like to talk about Starfield Mystic. 
Two mana, two, two, human cleric. Again, those very relevant creature types. Um, enchantment spells you cast cost one generic, less to cast. Whatever an enchantment you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on Starfield Mystic. Oh, I know the deck this goes into, Surge. It's Enchanternessress. <laughs> Enchantmentress. Enchantmentress. No, I don't actually... Sorry. <laughs> I'm wondering if there's enough effects like this now that there might be almost like a Boggles list. There is a, I boggles, mean, there is a boggles list, list. but you, this doesn't go in it. It doesn't have Hexproof. I mean, Jared Please. took that, but I have some very exciting news All for right, you. But I want up. you to get to the... I want you to talk about this card, and I want you to get to a point... And where then, you say the magic word and the streamers fall. Is, is no. the magic word bestow? <laughs> and then everything and... Uh, anyways, <clears throat> so at Magic Fest Seattle, there was a player playing what they described as Sanctum Stompy. Yeah, that, that's what I'm... Th yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, play, you play like a green-white, um, fairly aggressive deck but you have all the bestow things and you can also ramp off of things like Guy's Cradle and, and Sanctum. You you just play, so it sounds, for lack of better terms, miserable. Because when you look at the cards that you are playing, they're the yeah, quality bad. is very, they're bad. They're bad, they're, they're, or it's very you vulnerable. Can, you can play some okay ones, yeah. However, Upon closer inspection to this list, which if you're curious about it, I'll try to dredge it up, or you can find it on the Canadian Highlander Discord. Yeah, um, is it's very similar to the medium decks. Yeah, in that your card quality is either not great or it's wow, this card's really big, but I mean, you're just going to it's just going to get swords or whatever. But like that's fine because you're skipping the curve so much yeah. through wild growths. Uh, Moxin, but I also think there's, and there's enough of these effects now. Like yeah. there's four, at least three, if not four of these, because Theros gave you quite a few. You got Herald of the Pantheon. Yeah. You have this one, Hero of yeah. Iroas. There's the one from Dominaria, the three mana two two with first strike that auras and equipment Dan are cheaper. Danatha, my da queen. Danatha, yeah. Like there's starting to be enough effects like this that a bestow deck, and that's what I meant I when I said boggles. Was not specifically boggles, but like an aura deck, like an aggressive sure. based white Voltron. Boggles. Boggles, Ben? Oh, God. I, I mean, I don't mean in terms of the hexproof kill them deck, but in terms of like the suit em up, like like the like the suit em up style of Boros equipment package, but with auras. Right. Voltron. Voltron. It's called or, Voltron. Aura Voltron. Voltron. How you doing? I'm so, oh, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'm fine. All right. Yeah. yeah, I'm fine. So that's what I'm thinking about. I don't know how relevant the second ability is of it making it grow, but I think I think it has a home specifically in that deck. Well, you trigger that once and it's good. <laughs> yeah. You get a you get a Rancor loop going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Rancor Oratog. Bear, 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 bear. I, I, no, uh, <laughs> let's move on to blue. Let's start with our first card here. Brine Born? Brian Horn. Brian Bourne. Brian Bourne Cutthroat. Was, I was born of the Brian. <laughs> oh you merely inherited it. Two mana, two on Merfolk Pirate for one and a blue. Has flash, and whenever you cast a spell during your opponent's turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Jer, what do you think of this card? Uh, I think it's solid. Uh, it's a reasonable flash threat. The, the like, lack of evasion is a little worrying, but it does have a an opportunity to get 
quite big. Uh, tempo decks really, really like having two mana threats as opposed to three mana threats, and those decks, the difference is massive. Uh, it also goes in the Merfolk deck and is welcome, welcome there for sure, because uh, they have Lords plus uh, Disruption to to grow it. So, yeah, reasonable card. All right, next up we have Cerulean Drake. <laughs> two mana, one one that makes Wheeler sigh. No, has no, flying. He loves this oh. card. I, that that was a good sigh. Not not like a uh, a like good a, sigh. Mm. No, that was a. Mm. That's an orgasm. Is that nope. not a sigh? He That's was not getting a ready sigh. to cry tears of joy. Serge, the only sighing I do is S A I, comma M A S T E R T H O P T E R. <laughs> one one with flying protection in red and sacrifice it counter target spell that targets you. Wheeler, tell me about the Drake. So there's a card what, from Homelands <laughs> called Sea Sprite. Yeah, wait. <laughs> that is one in a blue for a 1-1 one, one flying protection from red. Albeit, I believe it's a fairy as well. Oh, I don't know if this Homelands art will give you the appropriate card or creature type. Ooh. Oh, Master's Edition coming in clutch. All right. Anyways, um, shout out to Susan Van Camp for that art. Anyways. This is a card that I have signed up for multiple events. Not even just one, like, ah, sure, I'll play this card. Multiple No one events. can catch what won't be caught, Wheeler. You know, Kakra has always said this, and I've <laughs> agreed. Uh, um, so Classic having Kakra. pro red attached to an evasive body uh, for flying men or skies, whatever the variants might be, is something that the deck has been desperate for in the past that you would play Sea Sprite. And then as we've received more powerful, more streamlined flying threats, those cards kind of just got thrown away. We accepted that this match is bad and will always be bad. And making concessions to our card quality, which feels weird in a deck full of one mana one ones, mm. um, is something we don't have to, like why it's not worth making. Well, like now you're getting two mana two ones. Yes, yeah. But now look at this. This uh, Cerulean Drake having, so being a, a flying pro red creature is something that, well, we played in the past, but being able to counter a spell that targets you, surprisingly relevant. Yeah. I don't know if I auto slam this card, but it's definitely a card that has enough relevant text on it that I'd be willing to play it. Mm. Especially if you're on a spread that has, um, now, that, now that the deck is jamming up to four different curiosity effects, depending on how keen you're feeling, um, how th this curious? How keen your sense is? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> okay. Uh huh. Um, it's or even slapping a GTA from your point spread, right? Like this is how you beat these decks, and it's not the worst outside of the red match. It has a relevant ability attached to it. No, my Hidetsugu second right is not looking very good now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we have drawn from dreams. This is a four mana sorcery for two and a blue and a blue. Look at the top seven cards from your library, put two of them into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Hey, wait a minute. Jer, We've seen this text before. No, it's no, random. But on an instant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this, this isn't dig through time. It's certainly worse, uh, but it's still reasonable, I think. Uh, dig through time is an insanely powerful effect. Uh, I don't think control decks will want this as much as some of the slower big mana combo decks. Like I could see 
high tide playing this i could see academy playing this potentially depending on your your flavor of academy mm -hmm. uh but it's one of the better four mana draw spells available yeah so, this is like four it's, mana super especially, impulse especially if you're a deck that's not as interested in casting a, a time twister effect to refill your opponent's hand as yeah. well and you want to leverage some card advantage like you're worried about burn opponent drawing lethal burn or blue opponent drawing counter spells then hey, so is mu yanling replacing jace now god let's, I hope, let's so. hope so i hope so yeah, god like, we'll get there we'll get there okay okay all right next up flood of tears flood of tears is a six mana sorcery four blue blue return <laughs> all non-land permanents to their owner's hands if you return four or more non-token permanents you control this way you may put a permanent from your hand onto the battlefield. Sorry, Serge, what was the mana cost again? Uh, four, blue, blue. For tears? A blue, 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 Wheeler. So, this is not upheaval, obviously. But that's fine. Upheaval's kind of a busted magic card. There's a card from Oath of the Gatewatch called Crush of Tentacles that offers a similar return everything, and then assuming you've done a thing, um, this uh, the Crusher Tentacles being Surge. Um, hi. Hi, how's it going? Hmm. Um, which is easy for decks that, say, have mana rocks or mana dorks or wild growths, whatever it may cantrips. be. Cantrips. Yeah, cantrips. You get to make an octopus. For this one, you need to have the four permanents, which you got mana rocks, you got mana dorks, you got wild growths, you got Sylvan Library, Sensei's Top, just cheap things that decks that would play uh, Upheaval Light would already do. And then you have the upside of being able to bounce everything, put in a primeval titan. Bounce everything, put in a... Paradox account. Omniscience. Omniscience. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Which is all... I mean, I'm not going to lie. This is all I really want to do with this card. Are you thinking of this as, as like, a show-and-tell? Yes. Like six-mana show-and-tell, but one-sided? Yeah, well, kind of. Yeah, it's... The, the defensive upheaval is something that... You don't want to do, but you have to do occasionally, and it feels bad. But, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to survive. So mm. if I have to play this as a way to stop my mid-rangey hate bear threat opponent from killing me, I'm going to do it. And then if I get to use it as a functional show-and-tell, I'm also going to do it. Cool. All right, well, then let's move on uh, to the person listed in the flavor text. I have wept such a torrent as the scour the land clean. Let's talk about Mu Yanling. Sky Dancer. What? Another three mana Planeswalker. Uh, so for one and a blue blue, you get two loyalty, plus two ability until your next turn. Up to one target creature gets minus two, minus O, and loses flying. Minus three, create a four four blue elemental bird creature with flying. And minus eight, you get an emblem with islands you control, have tap, Draw a card. Jer. This card is so good. It's so good. <laughs> like, and it's blue. Yeah, for for Highlander, this is like the literal dream. Uh, this is everything Jace Bellerin wishes yeah. it was. And, and oh, so much more. Poor Jace. Uh, what? It, it plus twos, which is almost a defensive ability in itself, regardless of what the text actually says. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the text is actually good and is more defensive. The minus three will win you the game very, very quickly. Uh, Woof. And the minus eight, if you ever lose after getting an emblem, like, call me and tell me how it happened. <laughs> uh, my number is 555. Five, five. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah right. this, this card is absurd, and I plan to play it in a, in many 
many decks. Having played this card already, uh, can confirm, extremely good. (laughs) (laughs) One thing that came up that I don't know if it had been the history of these kind of effects just planted in my head. I thought this elemental was legendary until I got to a point where I made multiple. And I was just like, oh, no, it's not. There was a point where I thought it was legendary and had the illusion ability. (laughs) (laughs) And and I still thought this card was insane. And then I read it and I'm like, oh, it's not. Oh, oh, oh my God. Like It's cards like that. You know, it's not to do a little aside, but Mox Sapphire doesn't get a lot of love, at <laughs> least locally in our format. Like people will say it's simultaneously the worst mocks and the best mocks. Sure. Cause it's, it, I mean, when you're playing blue, you rather go to other point yeah, spreads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But cards like this, boy, it makes me want to sleeve up a Sapphire. Like dropping this on turn two. I mean, this goes in the tempo How do you ever playing, lose? Right? Yeah. This, this It's a, unbelievable. All right, I know this is kind of cute and typically not what we do, but like this card makes me want to play doubling season. No. Oh, come on! Let me have this dream. You get two four fours. You can already alt it by the time doubling season comes into play. Serge, let me tell you about a format called Commander. <laughs> I feel sick. <laughs> let me have this. All right, whatever. No. Let's... <laughs> no. <laughs> you will not have any of it. Let's talk about uh, a very exciting role player in a lot of decks. Uh, let's talk about Spectral Sailor. So this was great. During the during the pre-pre-release, Graham was like, is this the greatest flying man ever printed in Jared from off camera? Goes, no. But it's still very good. So single blue gets you a 1-1 flash flying spirit pirate that has the activated ability, three and a blue, draw a card. Alex, we haven't had you talk about a lot of blue oh, cards. Get in here. What do you do with a stone dead sailor? What do you do with a stone? It's It's a flying man. It's really, really good. Yeah. Like, I don't know if there's anything that you need, needs to be said about this other than it goes in flying men. <laughs> I mean, and it's really good. <laughs> this card could just be a one mana, one one flying, and it'd be like, yeah, get in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get in, loser. We're I going will shopping. Say, <laughs> I've, I've had a, sci- a very long distance side eye to a spirits deck, which is probably pretty bad right now. But, you know, the there's more, a couple of, the more of these they. Innistrad, they print. Yeah, Innistrad had a blue-white spirit lord. That's one of the best Drogsville lords ever captain? Printed. Yeah. Yeah. I do, I, I want to comment that there's going to be a lot of people looking at this card and thinking you're never going to activate that draw card. And you know what? You're not wrong for thinking that. But as someone that's played a lot of flying men with under 24 lands in my deck, you will get to four. You will get to four regularly and then you're gonna start activating this Mm -hmm. all right next up we have tails end two mana instant for one and a blue counter target activated ability triggered ability or legendary spell and they didn't even they didn't even source who this quote is from when you are gone will anyone remember your story jer as our resident control master what do you think of tails end expert Uh, master yeah whatever well this isn't so much a control card is is like a tempo card and a like pretty ham tempo card at that (laughs) like this is like if we got the stifle tier list tm uh (laughs) this is probably like the seventh best one seventh i was gonna say four whoa surge i'm super in yeah i'm so i'm shocked that you're that low on this you don't you don't think drawing a card is better than the ability to counter a legendary spell 
drawing a card of what? Off bind? Or stifle what? bind? Interdict? Oh, the, the bird? Oh, I don't. I, I mean, it's stifle, bird, and then maybe this. Like, I, the countering a legendary spell is huge. This isn't, to me, this isn't a stifle. The stifle is the, the la like, that's the additional text. I don't think there's enough legendary spells to play this as counter a legendary spell. It's All two, it's two mana now. counter every planeswalker, good creature, paradox engine. Oh. Like, yeah, every planeswalker is now legendary. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm underrating it. Like, I, I still think it's good. I, I like stifles more than most people, but I, I still think tacking draw a card onto a stifle is better than the ability to counter well, a legendary I mean, spell, but I might be wrong. Do we compare this to negate? When you think of no, the no. number of cards you hit, no, okay, not even close. Okay, I just, I'm just worth throwing. Counters GT. Counters GT. Counters GT. <laughs> so does negate. <laughs> okay. We're not comparing it to negate. <laughs> I figured it's, it was worth throwing out. I'll Go ahead, I'll tell you Alex. what. It seems like if you had the stifle and the counter legendary on separate cards, they would be real bad. But yes. together, yeah, I, I definitely think this card is playable. Like, I've played decks with more than seven stifles before. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sometimes you don't want your opponent to what? have lands and you want to play blue. There's only so many ways you can right. do that. I mean, but. fair enough. Okay, let's move on to our last blue card of the day, Winged Words. Three mana sorcery for two and a blue. This spell costs one less to cast if you control a creature with flying, so it doesn't have the same ability as Thought Cast, so it doesn't get progressively cheaper for each creature with flying. And has the two, the words draw two cards. Wheeler. Guys, I just love my birds so much. <laughs> I just got all warm and fuzzy thinking about all my friendly little birds. Uh, you played Chart, of course. You'll probably play this. Like, again, you will, if you don't have a flying creature in play, you should not be spending your turn casting a draw spell anyways. You should probably be protecting yourself with whatever permission or creature disruption that you have. Um, and then when you really do need to refuel, which is one of the ways that uh, flying men or, yeah, more so flying men than like the purely aggressive skies variants are looking to do is you make up for the fact that your deck is filled with one mana one ones <laughs> by casting ancestral recall, by casting a charter course, by, you know, bricking their mana or whatever. So I like that in flying men. I, don't know, I, I mean, don't play this in anything other than that. All right. Let's move on to black. And starting off, we have the Bloodthirsty Aerialist. Three mana, two, three flying vampire rogue. Whenever you gain life, put a plus one, plus one counter on Bloodthirsty Aerialist. Alex. Does this go in Junk Sisters? Hmm. Yeah, is the payload, is the is the reward, I mean, we talk about a Johnny Pride Mate, but a Johnny Pride Mate is a lot easier to cast. Like black, black in a in a deck that's base white, splashing. I'm just black. comparing this really unfavorably to um, Drana. Well, okay, no. Drana. Wow. Le leaving out Drana. <laughs> uh, um, Vampire Nighthawk. Yeah. Which I has... I think this card has a much higher ceiling than Vampire Nighthawk. Like, in in Junk Sisters, the ability to get this to like six power two turns after you cast it mm. is like not that difficult and then it's like killing your opponent very quickly yeah i mean or or just like bricking your opponent's evasion board. on a on a grow creature is pretty great so yeah yeah i mean i think it's worth trying are you on triple moxon for junk sisters is that like the the go-to spread i don't know because there's like not a lot of i can't think of any like well i mean i think you have to play gta in your spread 
Oh, yeah. Like, that's just that seems good. correct. What about, well, okay, double Moxon, I'm still sold on this. I feel like this deck, if you have access to Dorks and Moxon, this card becomes totally fine to me. If not, this card dies, it even, looks Even bad. just, like, if you're maxing out on the Soul Sisters, oh, I think it's it fine. Oh, it combos with GTA. I mean, <laughs> yes, it's a creature that attacks or blocks. Well, you no, can also gain, you life gain life and it gets bigger. No, I know that, but... It, okay, never mind. Like, the only creature that doesn't combo with GTA is that hat rack from Dissension. <laughs> Printed a hat rack? Yeah, it's a hat rack. Cool. It's like a three-mana, five-five graft, can't attack or block. <laughs> so I don't like that with GTA, but the hat rack? Woo! <laughs> I just got Grandpa Simpson coming and taking a piece of crap <laughs> and putting yeah. it on his head. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So as we as we uh, move through the black cards, I would like to ask the room if vampires as a tribal deck is now getting closer because there's a couple of very interesting cards here. Um, I I think one of the bigger things it's missing is lords, but is it getting enough I, role players? Honestly, that was gonna. Why don't we get to Soren? Okay, gonna, all right. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll save that for later. As I said, we'll keep that in mind okay. as we move on. Next up, we have Dread Presence. Four mana, three, three, Nightmare for three and a black. Whenever a swamp enters the battlefield under your control, choose one. You may draw a card and lose a life. Or Dread Presence deals two damage to any target and you gain two life. I'm going to throw this one to me. I got two words for you, friends. Black, green, scapeshift. That's, that's three words. <laughs> but there are were hundreds of ways you could have gone with that bit. <laughs> Didn't think that was the one you were going to do. Okay, I, that's really cool. Yeah, I think this card is sweet. You're right, that was three words. Did you seriously not? I often think of the color words as just like the color and then the word. Oh, and it, But when I said it out loud. You could have gone Golgari Scape Shift. Go, ooh. Go, all right, two I got words. two words. Scape <laughs> Shift. <laughs> that's honestly what I thought he was going to do. Weird. Weird. Uh, we are not editing around this at all. I'm leaving it all in. Glad of it. Scape there are two words. Golk, word. Ari, Scape Shift. I think this card is rad. It's and a, a lot of people already are making deck techs about how even in standard, uh, green, black, Scape Shift is a thing right now. You know, And I think it does. It's it's tough. I mean, you're paying four mana for 3-3. Three, three, and that that's not great. But I think it has no... <laughs> <laughs> that whole sentence it's is great, so good. Wanna, uh, it's great, look, but it's, it's not good. Hold on, hold on. Let, let me finish. Because the effect is very powerful, and if all you look at is the the line of text ignoring the cost and the, and the body, you can often get lost in how powerful that effect is while realizing where where it fits in your curve. Of it, That is a serious downside. It It's the ability that causes this to trigger as well, right? You cast this card, it resolves, you have priority, yeah, you, they can't you make your game actually. So yeah. you at least get something out of it, assuming you have a swamp. Yeah. Which is which is good. Yeah. I'd, I'd but, play this in big black as well. Mm, yeah. God, I'm just thinking, like, what, what's that, um, that enchantment? Like, was it Prismatic Omen? Yep. Yep. I mean, you don't even need Prismatic Omen. Urborg. Tomb of Yawgmoth? No, but just, like, play both, because, like... <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Prismatic Omen means you play your fetch and you drain them for four. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, hey! Once you fetch. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, that's how that's ooh. how some old Urborg is the same though, right? Yeah. Urborg is the exact same because the fetch line All is also swamps. All lands are swamp. swamps. Yeah. yeah. Ben. 
This card. Fast Bond. Bounce Land. Yeah. Oh, they're dead. Bam, 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 yeah. Bam. yeah. Well, if you have Urborg. Yeah. Urborg. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is another card that creates a number of infinite loops. Also, it looks awesome. Yeah, the art is pretty rad. So I, I can mean, see the stand, but not the user. <laughs> wow. 100%, I'm going to be playing the heck out of this card, and I like it a lot. It's actually one mana cheaper than a lot of the five mana legendaries I've typically had to rely on for win cons and stuff like this. Like, it's cheaper than the Gitrog. It's cheaper than Tatiova. I'm probably playing those as well, but it's... <laughs> it's cheaper than Obnixilis. Tatiova. Uh, three mana, five, five for three, a green. No, and the five mana, three, three. Three, three oh, blue, green. If it was the three mana, five, five. Sorry, 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 sorry. Five, girl. five mana, three, three. Whenever you play a land, or whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, which is even better, because this also double triggers off of a uh, fetch land, you gain a life and draw a card. Is it still thick if it's really long? <laughs> I don't want to answer this question okay. on camera. Dread Presence is rad, moving on. Great. Embodiment of Agonies. <laughs> Three mana, zero, zero. Oh. For one black, black demon has flying and death touch. When it enters the battlefield, sorry, Embodiment of Agonies enters the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it for each different mana cost among non-land cards in your graveyard. Jer, what do you think of this card? I actually think this card is really, really good and has the potential to be absolutely massive. I think, I think a bunch of people are sleeping on this card. I think it's really easy to get it to a 3-3, which is already quite a good rate. And the ability, if you top deck it in a in a longer game, for it to just be like a 10-10 is also just not, you don't need to do anything. And if you do go into like a self-mill strategy with with recursion, you can just like, you could this can be unearthed. This can be, Oof. there's a bunch of unearthed analogous cards you can reanimate this only paying three life yeah. and potentially get upwards of a 10 10 so two with things. flying and death touch yeah sorry two things with this card um one i think people read this and think it's like tarmogoy for it counts card types or something even though that's not what it says like your potential to have more boxes ticked on this is way higher than it is with something like goif also there's three men trying to get out of his chest I've been there. Yeah, this card's alien. really good for delve decks, right? Like the yeah. Grixis decks. Like I'm, I'm looking at this. I've, I've been kind of chewing on this for a bit. And aside from the mid range, the black mid range decks that could take advantage of having a, another good three drop or whatever it may be, like jamming this on turn five or six as a three mana threat that comes in as like a five five or a six six. It feels not, I don't want to call it Tombstock or anything like that because I haven't gotten to play with the card. Sure. But it feels very much like a low cost card that as the your turns go long in like a blue based control deck, you're just going to jam this as like a seven seven with mana to protect it. Cool. Does it count zero? Yep. Mm -hmm. So land? Every, every no, no non-land. Yes, says non-land. Yeah. Oh, okay. But like, Ancestral Visions, Crashing Footfalls okay. are zeros. And just like random stuff, like Manamorphos will, like if you're playing the Grixis Delve deck, like Manamorphos gets it bigger, uh, just awkward mana, like Shadow of Doubt. Yeah. Like, mm. yeah. Okay. Next up, Knight of the Ebon Legion. One mana, one, two, Vampire Knight. Has an activated ability. Two and a black. Knight of, uh, gets plus three, plus three, and gains death touch until end of turn. 
And at the beginning of your end step, if a player lost four or more life this turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. It just keeps going. Alex, what do you think of this card? Aggressive. Yeah. It's a really good one drop uh, that I'm definitely going to play in stuff like Black Mold. Um, it's a vampire, so that's maybe like edging us closer. But it's like, there's just tons of text on here. Like, your floor is, it's a 1-2 for 1, which is not terribly exciting, but you can incidentally trigger this to make it bigger, and if that wasn't enough, it's just going to beat your opponent to death all by itself. Would we like this card better if it was a 1-mana 2-1? Yes. Yes. Yes, but then it would be stupid. Oh, I just wonder if if you're counting on it to grow, or if you just play because, you know, because it's just another good... You're counting on it to grow, but the fact that it also has the activated ability to grow itself and act that assuming you connect because it's not easy to block a 4-5 death touch profitably, you can it's also, probably going to grow from that. Like, this is maybe a little corner case, but you there's no limit on the number of times you can activate that ability. Correct. Well, yeah. All right, uh, next up, Legion's End. Two mana sorcery for one and a black. Exile target creature and opponent controls with converted mana cost two or less, and all other creatures that player controls with the same name as that creature. Then that player reveals their hand and exiles almost all cards with that name from their hand and graveyard. Uh, who do we have up for that one? Wheeler, what it's do you think of this yeah card? Boy. Uh, so this card has, it's probably one of the cards that has been brought up to me the most. Um, really? Ultimately, yeah, to make a long story short, I feel like this will just fall into a long line of removal spells that pop up. People are like, oh, this is cool. I get to play this in XYZ. And then turns out, nope, you're still just going to play Fatal Push and like go for the throat or whatever. Um, it does provide exiling a card is quite nice. Um, being able to hit tokens is relevant for black as well. That, that seems the most relevant use, though, is, is hitting a bunch of tokens with the same name. Yeah. But, but also just being able to deal with uh, pesky threats, tarmogoyfs, whatever it may voice be. Voice of Resurgence. Yeah. Getting information isn't, you know, <laughs> realistically the whole duplicate thing isn't that relevant unless you're against Rat Colony. Yep, okay, um, then gonna, you just completely <laughs> ran I was going to say, I, I have seen you play Rat Colony. Uh, in <laughs> and, um, but, like, getting information is not the worst. Um you're not playing it for that, but there's enough going on in this card that I think it's at least worth trying out, even if every, like, my gut just tells me I'm going to cut it after, like, a league or just whatever. It just feels so bad if you're, like, medium opponent goes, like, land mana crypt three drop and you're yeah, staring yeah. at this removal spell the, and you're like... The CMC cost two or less huh. is such a big wall. It's the, a huge wall. The format has evolved due, mostly due to how the game has progressed to be very much about the board, where even control opponents, right, they're going to be fighting on the board, and the best way to do that is with powerful, resilient threats, which you'll often find starting at three mana. And so this not being able to hit... Your anafenzas, your I mean, even stuff like Kitchen Finks, yeah. um, whatever it may be, is ultimately what, or Delve Threats too, is ultimately what makes me think that this card's not worth it. But it's, there's enough going on that I'm willing to at least consider it. All right, let's move on to another very spicy card uh, that has Alex written all over it. Mm. The Rotting Regisaur. Three mana, seven, six, Zombie Dinosaur for two and a black, which has 
the line of text that reads, at the beginning of your upkeep, discard a card. Don't care. Now, that's a zombie, <laughs> says never, Modris. never seen that flavored text. That's so good. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> it's huge. It's, it's really, really big. And it's also a zombie. Like, I'm... Obviously, going to try this in zombies, but like this card's gigantic. You know what the best part of this card is? It says it doesn't include the line if you don't discard a card, sacrifice yeah, it. Yeah, that's insane. It just says discard a card, and you're like, I don't have any cards. And you're like, okay. This no surge. It says, <laughs> yeah, it you would ordinarily have this as a cost where like if you can't pitch a card, it dies, but no, you just get this ludicrously huge body for not enough mana. <laughs> Eventually on turn two. I'm, on one! On I played one. like... Oh. I'm getting all sweaty thinking about doing this into a Juzam gym. Oh. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Ancient two mana. Oh, you gotta it's, love it. Right? You it's gotta love it. It's a little weird it. when you're playing Juzam gin and your three drop has better stats. <laughs> yeah. <than Juzam. laughs> yeah. Oh. Let's talk about the gin really quickly. Which one's that? Oh, yeah. How, no, we can talk about Juzam gin uh, for more than just quickly. It's uh, two black black for a 5-5. Five five. Um, you might have difficulty looking at it because there's an accent over the Z oh, or the A. Is. There we go. Yeah, Juzam gin. <laughs> Best creature in all of magic. Uh, two black black for a 5-5 five five gin. At the beginning of your upkeep, Juzam gin deals one damage to you. My visit when the darkness Great. comes. Great. Best card of all time. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Best card of all time. 10 out of 10. <laughs> He's going into some sort of fear no. state. 10 out of 10. All right. Let's okay. talk about, let's talk about um, a, a, a card that I'm sure might warrant some discussion here. Let's talk about scheming symmetry. So one black Ooh. mana, sorcery, choose two target players. Each of them searches their library for a card shuffles their library, and puts that card on top. Anyone want to go first on this one? Because this is, my, my first thought on this is if you are a combo deck and you are putting your win con on top of your deck and you can draw it first, is there any downside? Jared, do you want to roast this before uh, me or after me? <laughs> I'm talking about the so, best case scenario, which I think a lot of people would very so yeah, be excited about this, right? People have talked to me about this in High Tide for eggs, for Doomsday. Because uh, all those decks have lots of ways to draw cards built in. So, like, yeah, you'll just always have a way to draw your card before your opponent and you'll be able to win. Uh, often in Highlander, you need more than one tutor before you can just win the game, especially early on. Uh, that's negating the fact that your opponent may have a way to draw a card, and invariably they're going to be searching for a way to disrupt your combo if you are a combo deck. Uh, but and just inherently the default mode is your opponent gets their card first. So if mm. they're also a combo deck, you just can't cast this because then you're going to lose. first, yeah. Well, uh, if they're any, like almost every deck in Highlander has disruption or a very powerful proactive plan. So either enabling your opponent's very powerful proactive plan or enabling their disruption before you get to combo, the, the default mode. And in the decks I discussed earlier, High Tide, Eggs, Doomsday, that have lots of ways to draw cards, you need so much to go right. Like, in Doomsday, that means you need two ways to draw cards. You need a way to draw off this, cast Doomsday, and draw into your pile. So you need four black mana, plus mana to draw a card, plus mana to win. Uh, not easy to set up. Uh, 
in eggs, you are often more of a density deck. I'll let Ben, I'm sure he'll speak to this more later, but you're more of a density deck. So the odds of you just missing one piece and having everything else going for you doesn't seem that high. And then in high tide, uh, you don't actually have that many ways to draw cards. You don't want to start off on black mana. Uh, black mana is often hard to come by, so you really want to only play the best black cards, and this this card doesn't quite make the cut for me. I don't really have too much to add to that. <laughs> like, even if you are in... I most certainly wouldn't play this in eggs, and that's a deck that has about 30 to 41 mana cards that just draw a card whenever I want. Mm-hmm. If I want to draw a card with eggs, happens. Um, but the, the risk of running into whatever disruption my opponent wants, whatever my opponent needs at the time, right? I get the best card for my scenario, which is often going to be a proactive combo piece. They get the best card for whatever they have to fight. And they get which it is, first. Yeah, well, yes. Or it's at least available to them. And I'm a deck that plays Wheel of Fortune. I'm a deck that plays Memory Jar. It's real awkward giving it to them. Um, But even beyond that, for like some of the more, like even Belcher and some of the most degenerate combo decks that I have played that will go as deep as like Cruel Tutor, which feels (laughs) real bad. You like Vampiric Tutor? How about three mana at Sorcery Speed? Nice. and so, like, even in those shells, like, I just would rather have that because I know that I get to find a thing and my opponent, it's, it's like, whatever it's they're symmetrical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But look at the flavor text. One for you, one for me. What could be more fair? Uh, We're not here to play fair magic. This card is incredibly fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is not what you want. Which is yeah. the issue. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, then let's move on right. to a card that I know. It looks awesome, by the way. The like, art is really good. Continues yeah. To make yeah. That blue-orange... Con- <laughs> All right, Soren, Imper- Imperious? Imperious. Imperious Bloodlord. Three Even. mana, Soren Planeswalker. Enters play with four loyalty, plus one ability. Target creature you control gains death touch and a lifelink until end of turn. And if it's a vampire, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Another plus one ability, you may sack a vampire. When you do, Soren deals three damage to any target. You gain three life. Minus three, you may put a vampire creature from your hand onto the battlefield. Wheeler, tell me about vampires. So, I've been pretty low on vampires uh, forever. (laughs) Um, I'm willing to admit it has won a local tournament. It was a small tournament. Two events? No way. No way! No way! What colors? Mardu. Uh, Mardu. Yeah. But, that, this deck, like, up until now, this deck has, there's no good reason to play it. There's what no competitive reason. That's not it. That's never a good reason right. to do that. Never do anything you love. What? Um, <laughs> no. Um, but seriously, there's no like there isn't a legitimate reason to pick this deck uh, from a competitive aspect over something else. But that's fine. You don't always need to go down that path. That's a cold way of viewing the game. You're probably going to hate a lot of the magic you play if that's your mindset. But realistically, the deck struggles by not having like relevant threats unless they're backed by other cards. Soren is at least a nice trend towards making this tribe more reasonable. Uh, it, it doesn't provide anything to the board without having additional cards from its minus three, 
but <coughs> it's cheap enough, the loyalty's high enough, and all these abilities are kind of busted if you have vampires yeah. in your vampires deck. If your vampires deck does not have vampires, you're doing what? Probably losing the game. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, team. Yeah, the Soren does nothing alone. Right. Which is kind of tough. Like but, this. but it's so good in the in the tribe. Yeah. And that's part of the issue I had with the the last Liliana, the one that was vampire centric. Or, wait, or no, zombie, zombie zombie yeah. centric, that's what I meant. Yeah. Uh is that even if you had zombies it wasn't very good. She wasn't even that good. But if you have vampires, like this thing is gonna take over. This card the game. pops off. Like Yeah. So for this card and a lot of the other actually playable vampires that this set has brought us. And assuming that vampires are here, they'll continuously are pump here them to out. Stay. Vampires are here to stake, stake. No, they're, they're here. Garlic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Now I, I'm willing to give vampires a shot. Cool. Yep. All right. Up next, speaking of vampires, thirsting bloodlord. Four mana, three three for two black black. It's a vampire. And it says, other vampires you control get plus one, plus one. This is what we've come down to, four mana lords. Alex, what do you think? <laughs> it's a four mana lord. <laughs> In a deck that doesn't have a lot of them, I mean. How you doing there, Wheeler? I'm uh, glad, well, I'm, uh, now I'm glad that I'm not the only one that's brought up um, cards from the Planeswalker decks to be discussed. <laughs> this is from one of the Planeswalker decks. Ah. Still, I mean, you probably play this anyway. Yeah. Yeah. There, like, until until a better four drop gets printed, this will probably be a shoe in to the vampire. Well, deck. instead of four drops, how about we talk about one drops then? Like the vampire of the dire moon. So okay. one mana, one one with death touch and lifelink. Like, is this playable in the vampire deck? Get it in. It's a one drop. I don't care what the text is. <laughs> well, I mean, the text. Okay, I do, but this text is you, super relevant. You do care, but this text is good. Yeah, I, I still don't think this card is amazing, but no. in certain matchups, it'll it'll. Do Maybe good it's just because I'm used to like trawling the like feculent depths <laughs> of card quality, just feculent. like scrabbling for like. like please, I need another like, one drop, sir. Please, you're playable, right? <laughs> It'll be okay. Like, I mean, that's what you have to do for these. Oh God, lesser tribes. Ouch! In, where it's just like you have to go to these cards that like you don't have goblin guides, you don't have goblin lackeys. You gotta do what you gotta do. You, you, got, you said you have vampires. And so anytime, the anytime you get a one drop with two relevant abilities, yeah, sure, I'll play. It's fine. All right, she looks cool too. Yeah, Let's talk her. about demons instead. Let's talk about Villis, Borker of Blood. Oh my god, Boof. Eight mana, eight eight demon has flying, but no trample. Serves as Broker of Blood. Just I, I know. Okay, but, but dogs bork. Uh, for a black and pay two life, Dogs? target creature gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. And whenever you lose life for any reason, draw that many cards. Jerry, you like Reanimator. Tell me about this one on the scale of Reanimator or Demons. Uh, so the, the biggest upside for me, and the only reason I think this might see play in Reanimator, is that if you cast either Death or Reanimate with this, you just draw eight immediately because of how, how those cards are templated. You yeah. put the card into play, then you lose the life. Oh, I see. Which is... Uh, Pretty appealing, uh, just like pay eight life, draw eight cards, get an eight eight flyer. That's something I'm in the market for. I got a dumb question. Yeah, you draw two cards off the activated ability, yes. right? Okay. Yeah, but it's yes. because it says draw that many cards, as opposed to whenever you lose life as an event and you um, group it all together. That being said, 
something you really want from Reanimator is your cards to be applicable through a wide variety of matchups, and this card is not good against aggressive decks. No. Holy cow, is it bad. <laughs> um, it just doesn't stabilize you at all. It doesn't have any way to protect itself. Uh, it dies to any hard removal spell. And so usually in Reanimator, you want the creature to be able to win the game by itself. You want it to have some sort of protection ability, like, or some way to stop you from dying. And this has one, one of, of those. One of the three, yeah. And so it's it's probably not good enough, but maybe the upside with Reanimate and Death is, is close This enough. card at least makes Necropotence playable. So <laughs> that's something to consider. It, whoa! Savage. <clears throat> Yowchie. All right, let's talk about our last black card today. Yarok's Fenlurker. Two mana, one one horror for black black. When it enters the battlefield, each opponent exiles a card from their hand. And for two and a black, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Jer, what do you think? Actually, I want to hear Jer and Alex's thought on this. He's cute. Uh, this is way, way better than Burglar Rat. <laughs> um, Hold your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, just, just the ability to get bigger late game. Uh, exile is much, much better than discard and sort of takes away the potential for your opponent to actually gain an advantage from what should be a detrimental ability. Like, you can safely play this in any matchup, whereas if you're playing Burglar Rat against a graveyard-centric deck, like Reanimator, for example, you just often don't want to cast it because you don't want to give them a free discard outlet. Uh, the fact that this goes into exile is rarely going to come up unless you're playing against Food Chain. Uh, and <laughs> that'll only happen if you're playing against me. So Yeah. What do you, what do you think, Alex? I mean, I'm going to try it. It's... It's tough, right? Because, like, the two-drop slot has some really crazy potent cards in it. But the ones that, like, uh, have discard are, like, not as great as you might think. Because, like, the top of the pile is now um, Kitesail Freebooter. And then from there, it's like... Well, a lot of the, a lot of the really good creatures, you, you get to look at your opponent's hand and take the card of your choosing. Well, even even you, just like for two mana, you get a a creature that's like usually about three power or like does something stupid. Mm. Is yeah. what I'm getting at. Like, but the ones where you get to look at their hand and choose something, you often don't get it forever. You just get yeah. it until the creature right. while anyway. the creature stays yeah. around. So, so it's interesting. Yeah. All right, let's move on to red. Then let's talk about the Cavalier of Flame. Five mana, six five for two and a red and a red and a red. It has a very interesting ability. For one and red, all creatures you control get plus one, plus O, oh, and gain haste until end of turn. So it's team fire breathing. When it enters the battlefield, it discard any number of cards, then draw that many cards. And when it dies, it deals X damage to each opponent and each planeswalker they control, where X is the number of lands in your graveyard. Wheeler, what do you think of this card? So I've been sitting on this card for a while now and initially i was under the impression that this might just be a bit too slow for like medium red sure. or for the like a red green lands deck or whatever like but mostly medium red but the more i've looked at it it has a lot of words on it yeah and i think it has enough words that i'm like no this card's fine this card's <laughs> good um trips red is 
Not the hardest on turn five when you're in a monocolor deck. It will be a bit awkward, but honestly, I'm starting to think medium red's playing too many colorless sources anyways. Um, the giving everything haste, you will find yourself where you're like, well, I got seven mana. What do I do? Oh, I'll smash for play this, smash for seven, draw more cards or whatnot. Um, being able to just kind of slam this and then cash in your uh, excess land that the deck does run into issues with um it's or even why. just irrelevant irrelevant threats like yeah even like sandbag like late like say you drew mana crypt the turn before you don't need more mana you can ditch the mana crypt for maybe not, irrelevant cards. not feeling flame slash just get rid of it <laughs> um and then dealing x damage to each opponent in planeswalker when it dies um even if x is probably just going to be two or three, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, totally fine. So I'm pretty high on this card for that. The, other, the other nice thing about each is it doesn't target, which is relevant to yes. a couple of abilities now. I yes. mean, when we talk about to that Cerulean Drake, can't counter this ability. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but I, I'm, I'm actually curious about this in like a red-green, like the red-green lands like ramp deck. I think this is pretty good. I don't have a lot of experience with I it. I think it's good. I've played both red-green lands and red-green ramp. But like this card- Just like, treating this as a threat that they're gonna have a hard time killing. And you can potentially just win the game. Make a bunch of plant tokens, give them all haste. Boom. Oh, Discard right. your life from the loan, draw your life. <laughs> right. Uh -huh. Cool. World Shaper. All right, let's move on to one of the many Chandras in this set. We have Acolyte of Flame. Three mana Chandra um, for one and red and red. Enters play with four loyalty. Zero. Put a loyalty loyalty counter on each red planeswalker you control. Zero. Create two one one red elemental creature tokens. They gain haste, sack them at the end of your end step. And minus two. You may cast target instant or sorcery card with CMC three or less from your graveyard. If it would be put into your graveyard this turn, exile it instead. Uh, Wheeler, what do you think? So I'm less enthused on this after I properly read the third ability, ah. that it doesn't just cast it for free, but that would be a little gross. <laughs> um, but even then, I'm still just fine with this as a three drop planeswalker that can just start making tokens to smash in, um, either like for medium red and potentially just mono red going back to the roots of being more creature focused with held riders, hero blade holds, whatever it may be. Um, putting bodies on the table that you can then skull clamp, you can use to reckless abandon, um, being able to just sit here and poke at them slowly. Um, and then also just rebuying if you actually you do need to rebuy a flame slash, a scred, or whatever it may be, you can do that. Um, the first ability, not sure how often I'm going to be activating that with this card, but three mana planeswalker that does something in the color that 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 color wants. Sure, it's hard to disagree with that. All right, let's talk about the other Chandra then, Awakened Inferno. Six mana Chandra enters play with six loyalty, has a very interesting line of text. This spell can't be countered. <laughs> Plus two, each opponent gains an emblem. At the beginning of your upkeep, this emblem deals one damage to you. Minus three, Chandra deals three damage to each non-elemental creature, and minus X, uh, Chandra deals X damage to target creature or planeswalker if it's dealt damage this way and would die, exile it instead. Jer. I'm gonna lose to this a lot. Uh, my opponent's gonna play it. I'm gonna look down at my handful of counter spells. Go, yep, that resolves. 
they're gonna plus two. I'm like, it goes to eight loyalty. They're like, yep. <laughs> they're gonna go to my upkeep. I'm gonna take one. And I'm like, I already can't win. I'm not gonna be able to remove it because it's at eight loyalty. They're gonna uptick again. I'm like, it's at 10 loyalty. They're like, yep. <laughs> How do you beat this card? Uh, I don't understand. It goes to so much loyalty. You don't even need to wrath. I am so happy this card exists. Just for, not even just for blue-white, but oh, just the amount of sour time vault players. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Infinite oh. turns. Oh, I love it. Oh, anything that ranches time vault players. Mm. This yeah, is, okay. Does this end up pointed? No. No. No, no, no. It, no. Costs, it costs six. It's yeah. too fair. But it's, it's going to kill me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they were moving away from uninteractable emblems. I thought they were... Why are they printing a bunch of cards with can't be countered on them? <laughs> I'm kind of want to know. Do you want Trying to, to keep a good blue mage down. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to our next card. We're talking about Flame Sweep. Three mana instant for two and a red. Deals two damage to each creature except for creatures you control with flying. Jared, what do you think about this one? I actually think this card's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, it's an instant... Uh, and it leaves around some of the threats you're likely to play. I'm, I'm imagining playing this in, in a blue deck. And so it doesn't. it's a nice, cheap sweeper at instant speed that doesn't kill your Vendillion cliques, your Nimble mm. Obstructionists, so on and so forth. So I just thought it was, it was a nice card to, to pick up as opposed to something like Fiery Cannonade that you might be playing in, in its place or Volcanic Fallout if, yeah. you're, if you're a little more old school. I've played uh, similar effects in um, Workshop Weenie. What's the Pyroclasm? Whip Flare. Whip Flare. Yeah, playing Whip Flare, which is two damage to each non-artifact creature. Yeah. And a similar idea to just be like, well, this is going to suck for one of us, and I'm not one of them. Mm. Well, and, yeah, and and something I've I've started playing a lot in tempo is a uh, rough tumble, because uh, the rough side of rough tumble, which is almost what this is hmm. uh often kills a bunch of your opponent's creatures and kills basically none of your creatures so this is just another like almost one-sided wrath for for those types of decks as well all right let's talk about a new card this is a fun effect glint horn buccaneer three mana two four for one a red and a red has haste whenever you discard a card it deals one damage to each opponent and for two and discard a card, one and a red, draw a card, activate it only while it's attacking. Alex, what do you think about this card? I feel like there's something really busted I'm missing on this. I mean, it loves Wheel of Fortunes. That's pretty, pretty stupid. Do you know uh, what else it likes? What? what? Cycling. <laughs> Dear okay. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is this finally a win con for two of the fronts? I, I don't actually. I thought the think Wincon so. was having Soul Ring and Library in your opening and Demonic Tutor <laughs> and Demonic Tutor. Jesus um, Christ! <laughs> but I, I'm not even sure. Like, I, you're probably supposed to play it, but I'm not sure it's actually good because you're just not doing anything to like turn five. And if somebody, if your opponent can't remove a single creature before <laughs> turn five, <laughs> like, I can't figure out what deck this goes in. Do you... Like Mouillon Rouge. Medium red. 
Okay. I was going to say, yeah, does Medium Red play this as a way to cycle oh. dead cards later? Well, that deck has so much cycling now. Like Faithless Looting, Seasoned Pyromancer, okay. um, that big flaming knight that we just talked about. Cavalier. Cavalier. I was going to say, that makes it really strangely out of place in red for toughness. Yeah, I don't know why Water this is a do for. Yeah, I mean, it's a minotaur. It's got so much armor. Well, it's a minotaur, so it's probably had to be a 2 3, and they're like, no, no, no. This is for 2020. Two fours. Two fours. And so it makes combat really awkward, right? Mm -hmm. Especially for a red deck. You attack, and it says while it's attacking, right? So you attack, they make their blocks. And then you can either just kill their thing with a shock and your thing's never going to die because it's a 2-4 <laughs> for some reason. Or you're just like, eh, I'll draw a bunch of cards and pay you. This card's great. Yeah. I really like this card. Really like this card. Cool. All right, next up we have Infuriate, which is a one-mana instant for a red. Target creature gets plus three, plus two until end of turn. Wheeler. <laughs> It's a slightly worse brute force, but yeah. it has plus three, and that other ability isn't plus one. It's plus two. <laughs> I like it. What are you playing it in? Uh, decks that play brute force. <laughs> decks that play titan strength. Yeah. And finally, the last card that we're going to talk about today, we have Scorch Spitter. One mana, one one elemental lizard. Whenever it attacks, it deals one damage to target player or planeswalker it's attacking. Now that's that's relevant. Um, the it, you know you can only do one damage to the planeswalker if it's attacking that planeswalker. You can't attack the player and then playing the planeswalker. Wheeler, what do you think of this card? Oh, it's a cute little lizard uh, that also can attack for two. It makes calm. I'm not entirely sold on this, but I have been thinking about this for the very low curve red, like 25 land red, where you're just looking to play as many one drops as possible, every shock, whatnot, because it just pushes through damage. That's kind of all you need. At this point, there are better, like you're probably just better off moving this for a different two like, this is or a infuriate. Rung, this is a rung below Jackal Pub, surely. Yeah, most certainly. Okay, but like just not, somewhere on the same page. Not, I don't think it's that much but, lower. But like comparatively to black one drops, this is like a slam dunk. Yeah, which is, <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to go there. The flavor text is very good. Yes, she can be a nuisance, but at least my tea never gets yeah, what cold. What a cute little lizard. It smells like sulfur. Well, friends, uh, that's going to be where we call it today. Reminder, if there's any cards that you think we've missed on the four colors that we covered, let us know down below in the comments and we'll we'll take a peek. And when we record part two of our set review, we'll have a, an opportunity to look at some of that fun stuff there. But now we move on to our closing segment, Powerful Magic. And up today we have Alex, question mark? Up today we have no. me. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say, like, I got my... He keeps flashing it. I, I, you want to tell that story? I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, I can tell the stalling for time. Yeah, <laughs> give, us, give us that story. I uh, thought that I so, thought that was pretty cool. Well, I was. I mean, it was just me getting ranched. It. Um, yeah, I was playing, on. weirdly, the mirror, uh, in Reanimator, um, at uh, YJ because I like I, I have this deck that I put together that I'm hoping to oh, yeah. to try out. Um, it's red black. I keep trying to come up with a like a clever name for it. Like gristle mud. Gristle mud. Gristle mud. Is at least what the the um, name of similar archetypes. I was going to call formats. it Trash Fire, or maybe like Go on. I don't know, something like that. It's, Somebody mentioned trash. Yeah, you <laughs> want to know how I got this trash? Uh, it's it's red black, 
artifact-based reanimator. Basically, they printed Goblin uh, Engineer. Yeah. And I was like, this is a card that does a pretty great impersonation of Entomb. Yeah. Um, so I just leave that up, and I was playing against uh, Grixis, like more traditional reanimator. Um, and I think I may have actually put uh, this guy into play using Engineer. I got Platinum Empyrean in play. Boo! And Love it. Sorry, what does that card do? Well, <laughs> it's it's an 8-8 eight, eight for 8, Big and your life sick. total can't change. Interestingly, if you put this into play off of Reanimate, you'd lose no life. Mm. Mm. But that So was, you're in a good shape. You got a Platinum Empyrean. Yeah, and then my opponent reveals uh, a weakness to my deck that I hadn't thought about he's the greatest thief in the multiverse <laughs> he just very confidently you know places down Dak Faden and I'm like right that guy <laughs> give me that, <laughs> that give me that quite good that, that guy you reanimated this so I, I reanimated this. this it was literally like that um, <laughs> so I I now need to consider this as like well, an occupational hazard, because he's very good against a deck whose all their threats are big artifact donkeys. <laughs> oh, Dak Faden. I think it's appropriate, too, that Dak Faden has found a home in a reanimator deck. Ooh. Yeah, he's... Wow. Wow! <laughs> too soon! That's, that is <sighs> too soon. I don't know. I, I also have a good time imagining like the 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 graphic like FF6 style where like he walks across the screen, like puts out his red like pixel hand and the entire like sprite of the titan comes with him as he walks away <laughs> with it. <laughs> like oh all right, friends. Well, that's going to be it for our episode today. Uh, look forward to part two of our set review coming out next week. Uh, also, for things to look forward to, the Highlander Summer League is going to be starting soon. Uh, I know a lot of people are pretty excited about the last one, and we're working on something pretty spicy. So stay tuned for that over at the Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash Run. Reminder that North 100 is brought to you by you with your support over the Patreon at patreon.com slash Run. Thank you so much for watching, and we will see you next time. See you later.